the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving and some of you had the opportunity to enjoy the Portland Singing Christmas Tree performances that opened this weekend. I want to mention that uh, there's going to be an additional performance on Sunday this coming 6 o'clock p.m. Now, originally, there was just the 2 o'clock p.m. performance, but we have um, sold so many tickets. They've added a new uh, performance, 6 o'clock p.m. on Sunday. So I want to encourage you to support the Portland Singing Christmas Tree. Check it out. Tickets are available. Uh, well, there's a lot going on. We've learned today from the world, or we actually learned over the weekend, the World Health Organization announced on Friday that it would classify the new B11529 COVID-19 strain as a variant of concern and labeled it with the Greek letter Omicron. Well, who made the announcement? That's the World Health Organization. I'm not asking the question. The World Health Organization made the announcement after an emergency meeting of its technical advisory group on SARS-CoV-2 virus evolution. Well, the president was briefed on Friday on the new variant, according to the White House. Well, the variant was first reported to the World Health Organization from South Africa on the 24th. The epidemiological situation in the country has been characterized by three distinct peaks in reported cases, the latest in which was predominantly the Delta variant, according to WHO. Well, I feel like I'm an Abbott and Costello (laughs) routine, the World Health Organization. Well, in recent weeks, infections have increased steeply, coinciding with the detection of this particular variant. The first known confirmed case of the first known infection was from a specimen collected back in early November. The Omicron variant, the agency noted, has a large number of mutations, some of which are concerning. Now, preliminary evidence suggests an increased risk of reinfection with this variant as compared to the other uh, variants and the original. The number of cases of this variant appears to be increasing in almost um, all provinces of South Africa. Well, the current SARS-CoV-2 diagnostics um, continue to detect this variant. Several labs have indicated that for one widely used uh, test, one of the three target genes is not detected which for most of us doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The bottom line is Omicron is a variant. It is a cause for concern, but we're being told, or at least we were told earlier in the day, not a cause for panic by the president. He says uh, his plan to fight COVID-19 this winter will not involve shutdowns or lockdowns. Well, the president uh, said the new Omicron variant of the coronavirus is a cause for concern, not a cause for panic. Uh, while maintaining that his administration's plan to combat COVID-19 this winter will not involve shutdowns or lockdowns, but rather a strategy for more widespread vaccinations. I'm not sure. Well, I'll just leave it at that. The president spoke from the White House on Monday, just days after the uh, World Health Organization designated Omicron a variant of concern. It's um, most serious designation of a COVID-19 variant. Well, the president last week restricted travel from South Africa and several uh, several other countries, seven to be precise, over concerns of the heavily mutated Omicron variant. 
a move he said Monday gives the United States time. Now, interestingly enough, he was very critical of President um, uh, Trump, who did the same thing. He referred to it as uh, a racist move, but somehow it's been redeemed this time around. Uh, The president says it gives us time, noting that the American people need to understand that you have to get your vaccine. You have to get the shot, have to get the booster, end quote. Sooner or later, he went on to say we're going to see cases of this new variant here in the U.S. I will have to face this new threat like we faced those that have come before it. Well, I'm hoping we don't face it quite the same. That would be more terrifying than the variant itself. The president, though, stressed that the Omicron variant is a cause for concern again and not panic. I think I've said it now three times. You get the point. We have the best vaccine in the world, the best medicines, the best scientists, and we're learning more every single day. He said, adding that the U.S. will fight this variant with scientific and knowledgeable action and speed, not chaos and confusion. Well, the president said the U.S. has more tools today to fight the Omicron variant than the country has uh, had before, citing vaccines and boosters for adults and vaccines for children. He stressed the importance of getting vaccinated, saying the shots are the best protection against this new variant or any uh, other variants that might be out there. Well, with concerns with the new Omicron variant could be resistant to the current vaccines, the president stressed that the administration is working to accelerate development of updated vaccines if needed. Let's hope that won't be the case. They won't be needed. So eight Southern uh, Africa countries uh, have been um, uh, travel limits have been put in place as a result of this new variant. Well, a federal judge on Monday placed a temporary injunction on the president's uh, vaccine mandate for healthcare workers at Medicare and Medicaid affiliated uh, affiliated facilities in 11 States. Judge Matthew Schlepp of the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Missouri halted the mandate, excuse me, for 10 states, not 11, that participated in a lawsuit against the federal government led by Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt. Well, Schlepp was appointed by former President Trump in 2019. I always hesitate to mention that because it shouldn't make any difference, but there you have it. The decision will ensure that federal agencies do not extend their power beyond the express delegation from Congress, Schlepp wrote in his ruling. The public would benefit from the preliminary injunction because it would ensure that federal agencies do not extend their power beyond the express delegation from Congress, as already discussed. Well, Schmidt lauded the... uh, Ruling as uh, uh, in comments rather on Twitter saying the Missouri led coalition just obtained an injunction halting Joe Biden's CMS healthcare worker vaccine mandate. This was an egregious overreach. We're fighting back and winning more to come. Well, Schlepp's decision comes after the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit blocked the Biden administration's vaccine mandate for businesses with 100 or more workers. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration that the president tasked with developing the mandate suspended enforcement of the mandate in November as a result of the Fifth Circuit Court's ruling. The Fifth Court uh, concluded in its ruling that the law that created OSHA was not intended to authorize a workplace safety administration in the deep recesses of the federal bureaucracy to make sweeping pronouncements on matters of public health affecting every member of society. Now, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Uh, today on the program, we're going to hear from Noelle Maring, author of Awake, Not Woke, a Christian response to the cult of progressive ideology. That's coming up. We'll also take a look at uh, whether or not the conservatives are losing confidence in the pillars of our civilization and what that might mean moving forward. We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. 
We're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up in our second hour, Noel Maring, Awake, Not Woke, a Christian response to the cult of progressive ideology. That's coming up in the second hour of today's program. Well, two cases of Omicron variant has been detected in Canada, according to the Canadian government. At least two of the coronavirus first detected in southern Africa last week have been confirmed in Canada, provincial health officials said on Sunday. The cases were reported in two people who recently traveled to Nigeria, the Ontario government said in a statement. The detection of Omicron has triggered global alarm. Governments around the world scrambled to impose new travel restrictions and markets sold off, fearing the variant could be resistant to vaccinations and upend the nascent economic reopening after a two-year global pandemic. On Friday, Canada closed its borders to foreign travelers who've recently been to seven South African nations in the preceding two weeks to help stop the spread of the newly identified variant of COVID-19. Today, the province of Ontario has confirmed two cases of the uh, variant uh, in Ottawa, both uh, both of which were reported in individuals with recent travel from Nigeria. Ottawa Public Health is consulting case and contract management and the patients are in isolation, the statement said. Well, the World Health Organization said it is not yet clear whether Omicron is more transmissible than the other variant or if it uh, causes more severe disease. Thus far, that has not been the case. In other developments, uh, Omicron, by the way, is an anagram of moronic. If you (laughs) take a look at it, sounds like a band name. Yeah, I'm a member of Omicron. Anyway, uh, or a transformer, maybe a Decepticon, Omicron. Anyway. On the uh, Omicron variant, Swiss voters have given the green light to COVID restrictions as cases have risen there. A European country has banned Christmas markets and public drinking in their bid to combat the new COVID wave. Meanwhile, the World Health Organization criticized travel bans on southern African countries. And ABC's Good Morning America guest worried the uh, Omicron variant could hurt Biden's economic progress. Not really concerned too much about you and whether or not you get it. But, you know, politics, that's really what's important. Rand Paul blasted Dr. Fauci, saying it is astounding and alarming to declare I represent science, as Fauci did. The National Institutes of Health director Collins says COVID vaccines will most likely protect against Omicron variant, but it's too soon to tell. I think you just don't make a statement like that if you have to follow it up with it's too soon to tell because you obviously don't really know. Well, as I mentioned, the discovery of the new COVID variant in South Africa sent U.S. stock indexes plummeting on Friday. That triggered financial market uncertainty as well as travel and commercial restrictions in a number of nations in the continent of Europe, I should say in the continent and in Europe. At the end of the market, the Dow Jones Industrial Average dipped nearly 835 points or 2.3 percent, indicating a large sell-off of assets among traders responding to the development. The S&P 500 dropped 1.4 percent at the start of the day, while the Nasdaq Composite Index slumped 0.9 percent. Well, with fears that the new version of the virus could be more infectious and vaccine resistant than the Delta variant, which has defied the vaccine in terms of prevention in some cases, the World Health Organization conducted an emergency scientific review of the strain on Friday. But it will be several weeks before we have certainty about what it actually is and is capable of doing. At the meeting, the World Health Organization classified the new variant as a highly transmissible virus of concern, naming it, as you now know, Omicron. The agency said that the first known confirmed case was from a sample collected on November 9th. Um, 
Brent crude oil also uh, took a hit that decreased 5% to under $77 a barrel, a record dip since July. Cryptocurrency tumbled as well, with Bitcoin reaching below $55,000 after hovering at about $60,000 for much of last week. Investors looked to evade risk. They piled into more stable securities, such as treasury bonds, the yield of which sunk in accordance with their inverse relationship with prices as well as gold. Well, on the um, Wakesha parade attack, seven children are still recovering in hospital one week after the uh, deadly ambush. The city asked residents to light a blue light outside their homes and share a moment of silence at 4.39 p.m. Central Time on Sunday, exactly one week after the Christmas parade attack that left at least six people dead and a dozen more injured. Businesses and city official members uh, gave out blue lights to residents who were asked to keep them illuminated outside their homes through the holidays. Mayor Sean Riley, who's led the moment of silence with other city officials, said the blue is the color of unity. The city is about 70,000 people held a candlelight vigil on Monday, set up a memorial for the victims at Veterans Park, just blocks away from where the 39-year-old Daryl Brooks allegedly broke through the barricades in a red SUV and plowed through the crowd at a Christmas parade. At least six 62 people were injured in total, and seven children are still in the hospital, uh, several of them seriously injured, according to the Children's Wisconsin Hospital. Three of the hospitalized children are, uh, as I mentioned, in serious, while three are in fair condition, one in good condition. One of those children, 11-year-old Jessalyn Torres, was hit so hard by the SUV, she had marks from the vehicle's grill across her chest. She told them, just glue me back together. Jessalyn's uncle and a um, resident of the uh, city who attended the parade uh, told Fox News Digital for her to uh, crack a joke and have the uh, type of human moment was big. My sister and I both kind of chuckled. We thought it was funny and it was good to laugh. Let's see another news. Um, the Arbery trial proves that the system works. Well, last Wednesday was an awful day for the race industry. The devastating day, a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. You could practically feel the disappointment. You could practically see the uh, uh, the uh, disappointment among those who were hoping this would be a pretext for, well, more violence. Well, early Wednesday afternoon in the Glenn County Courthouse of Brunswick, Georgia, three white men were convicted of felony murder for the February 2020 killing of a 25-year-old black man, Ahmad Arbery. All three, Travis McMichael, his father Gregory McMichael, and William Bryan Jr. were also convicted of aggravated assault, false imprisonment, and attempt to commit a felony. In addition, the jury convicted Travis McMichael, who fatally shot Arbery during a struggle to control his shotgun of malice murder, which indicates uh, a killing where no considerable provocation appears and where all the circumstances of the killing show an abandoned and maligned heart. It's been a long fight. It's been a a hard fight, but God is good. Arbery's mother, Wanda Cooper Jones, said outside the courthouse after the verdict, I never thought this day would come, but God is good, end quote. Well, Arbery was uh, no choir boy. He's been sentenced to five years of probation for carrying a gun onto a high school campus. That was back in 2013. Uh, just as with the high-profile case decided days earlier in Kenosha, Wisconsin, video 
Uh, evidence proved crucial in the Arbery case, but whereas the evidence backfired against the state in uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse case by revealing truths that the prosecution and the mainstream media had suppressed or outright uh, lied about, the video in the Arbery case showed the victim being stalked, then confronted, then charging Travis McMichael and struggling for control of the gun after being threatened. McMichael said he feared for his life and fired the weapon three times while fighting with Arbery. One of those shots was fatal. The jury didn't uh, buy the self-defense claim nor the claim that the three defendants that they were entitled to make a citizen's arrest of Arbery because they believed him to be responsible for a series of burglaries in the neighborhood. There was no evidence that that was the case. Well, the resounding verdict, which was rendered by a jury of 11 whites and one black, makes it extremely difficult for the uh, for those uh, who would suggest uh, it's not possible in the U.S. to cry about systematic racism and white supremacy in the case. Race, in fact, hardly came up in the trial. And the comments of Ahmed uh, Ahmad Arbery's father seem to reflect this as well. He said, and I'm quoting, all lives matter, not just black children. He said outside the courthouse immediately following the verdict. We don't want to see nobody go through this. It's all our problem. So, hey, let's keep fighting. Let's keep doing it and making this place a better place for all human beings, all human beings. Everybody love everybody. All human beings need to be treated equally. End quote. And yet the father's call for a colorblindness couldn't keep the uh, likes of um, some from demagoguing the case and trying to inflame racial tension. It's a sad uh, state of affairs in the 21st century in America. And other developments, so a Kesha restaurant donated all of a day's sales to keep parade victims raising uh, to rather help a parade victims raising about $15,000. Arizona University students are demanding the administration withdraw Kyle Rittenhouse, calling them to keep a killer off our campus. Trey Gowdy says six body bags later, the county is uh, rather the country is waking up to the dangers of the bail reform initiatives proposed and practiced by many on the left particularly AGs. CNN is being roasted for a tweet saying the Waukesha parade attack was caused by a car that drove through a parade. Apparently unmanned, they seem to suggest. Well, bipartisan lawmakers are urging the SEC to review Unilever's filing over um, Ben and Jerry's Israel boycott. Well, a bipartisan group of House lawmakers is urging the Securities and Exchange Commission to assess whether the parent company of Ben and Jerry's should amend its regulatory filing to reflect potential risks to shareholders over the company's Israel boycott. The group, led by Representative Richie Torres, a Democrat from New York, sent a letter Friday to SEC Chairman Gary Gensler asking him to take action to ensure Unilever, the ice cream company's parent company, is in compliance with SEC rules. In the interests of shareholders, consumers, and public policy, we believe it is appropriate for the SEC to take steps to ensure the full disclosure of all information necessary to make Unilever's filings in compliance with the rules and regulations of the United States SEC, the letter stated, Jewish Insider reported. Well, Unilever is a widely held company with a current market capitalization of $135 billion, which places in jeopardy the manifold U.S. uh, institution uh, pension funds and endowments, which hold its shares on behalf of its beneficiaries. The letter continued. The New York Post reported, we believe that these actions require the SEC to request that the regulatory filings of Unilever be amended to disclose the material risk factors. Representative Andrew um, Garbarino, a Republican from New York, Josh uh, Gotenmeyer, a Democrat from New Jersey, and Brian Fitzpatrick, a Republican from Pennsylvania, joining Torres in signing the letter. 
two Democrats, two Republicans. Ben and Jerry's announced in July that it would no longer sell its products in disputed territories, including the West Bank, which the company called Occupied Palestinian Territory. The decision came amid an escalating conflict between Israel and Gaza, and Ben and Jerry's said in a statement that selling products in those areas would be inconsistent with Ben and Jerry's values. Hmm. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll take a quick break. We'll continue to wind our way through the news and look forward to an interview with Noel hearing or rather marrying awake, not woke. That's coming up in the second hour of The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast is aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Now, during the break, Chris Williams, who's engineering today's program, brought in a piece of paper confirming that there is actually an Omicron, an Omicron um, transformer. And it says here in the, the description, Omicron, is it Omicron? Omicron, I'm not really sure. Anyway, is a loyal, hardworking Decepticon who is respectful yet not afraid to challenge authority. He will do whatever is necessary to further the Decepticon's reconquest of the universe, even if it costs him personal harm. He dreams of someday being the Decepticon leader, yet doesn't scheme against his current commanders. He applies great skill in battle, relying on his instincts to do his best in every aspect of his position. So that's the, <laughs> that's the new coronavirus variant I started to say Decepticon, but that may actually be a better name than Omicron. Omicron probably is something of a Decepticon of a sort. Anyway, thank you, Chris. I thought it sounded like one of those uh, one of those things. Transformer. All right, back to the news. A Duke University pro-Israel group has been denied recognition by the student government, but the administration overruled. The student government's decision. Israel plans to close its border and airports to non-citizen international travelers for about 14 days due to Omicron variant. Missouri is leading 12 states, urging parent company Unilever to reverse its decision. Well, China deployed uh, aircraft to Taiwan's buffer zone, which significantly changes the game, according to a report. An Arizona police officer used a taser on a man holding a knife, causing him to fall over and stab himself in the neck. Crime really doesn't pay. I'll just leave it at that. A top Kansas Democrat is calling for a representative to step down after an arrest on suspicion of DUI. Well, Pennsylvania is bracing for huge energy price hikes as winter looms. The World Health Organization is criticizing travel bans on southern African countries, seven of them. Turks have abandoned the lira for dollars as their currency crisis deepens. Australia plans to introduce new laws to force media platforms to unmask online trolls. And Alibaba is empowering businesses or business units to be more agile as the challenges mount. Well, the World Health Organization met to discuss the newly heavily mutated COVID-19 variant. They held their meeting on Friday to discuss the drama uh, around this um, these cases in South Africa and this new variant, Joe Paala, South Africa's Minister of Health, identified the new variant and said it seems highly contagious among young people. This variant did surprise us, uh, he went on to say, the director of the Centers for South Africa's Epidemic Response and Innovation. Speaking to news outlets, it has a big jump on evolution and many more mutations that, that we expected. Nature magazine reported that the variant was first reported in Botswana earlier this month. The report said scientists are trying to determine if the variant can somehow evade the immune response. One researcher in Johannesburg said we're flying at 
warp speed. The British government announced that it was banning flights from South Africa and five other Southern African countries effective at noon on Friday, and that anyone who had recently arrived from those countries would be asked to take a coronavirus test. UK Health Secretary Sajid Javid uh, said that uh, there were concerns the new variant may be more transmissible than the dominant Delta strain and the vaccines that we currently have may be less effective against it. Now, that's speculation at this point. In other developments, Asian stock markets sunk as traders watched the uh, Europe virus cases. Byron um, Adams posted a photo from inside an ambulance after being diagnosed with COVID for a second time in a month. Well, the New York Times staff revolt pushed a holiday weekend boycott of its um, wire cutter service amid the strike. Staffers from the New York Times were openly revolting against their employer in solidarity with colleagues who went on strike during Thanksgiving weekend. Wirecutter, which the Times describes as its product recommendation service, offering consumers trusted advice on the latest merchandise being sold, published an article Thursday on the 75-plus best early Black Friday deals for 2021 ahead of the biggest shopping day of the season. However, when the Times shared the article on Twitter, the paper faced significant blowback, including from several employees. 100% of the Wirecutter union is on strike starting today, Times reporter Davey Alba exclaimed. Uh, those uh, posts um, are brought to you by New York Times assistant work to middle managers and freelancers instead of paying at Wirecutter uh, Union a total of $300,000 in wages. Well, journalists uh, from other news organizations, as well as progressive activists like the New York City Division of Democratic Socialists of America, also expressed support for the Wirecutter staffers. A spokesperson for the Times uh, said that the New York Times has a long history of productive relationships with unions to advance our shared objectives. We're actively working with the Wirecutter Union to reach a collective bargaining agreement that continues to reward our employees for their work and contributions to the Times' success. And we look forward to continuing those negotiations at the bargaining table in early December. Well, the strike, which is set to go through today, is urging the public to don't cross the digital picket line by not using Wirecutter during the busy shopping weekend. In other developments, a New York Times editorial writer hailed Republicans we're thankful for Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, among others. The liberal media routinely downplayed inflation or turned it into a positive, suggesting it will slash your shopping burden. In other words, you won't be able to buy as much, and so you'll have more time on your hands. The media is being blasted for referring to the um, Acacia Parade attack as a crash. You know, things just happen. The Hollywood elite is catching heat for their reaction to soaring crime in their gated communities. They don't really have to worry about it much. An Afghan translator has expressed gratitude for his daughter's education on their first Thanksgiving in America. Three months ago, he uh, served as a combat translator for the 82nd Airborne in Afghanistan. He didn't know what would happen to him and his family after the U.S. military withdrawal. Well, he affectionately is known by his troops as Johnny, was able to escape Kabul in August with the help of U.S. Senator, a private veterans group, and members of the 82nd Airborne. Johnny arrived with his family at his new North Carolina home back in October. Today, his young daughter has uh, daughters rather are already getting something they never would have received under the Taliban an education. They've been welcomed at their new school in Weddington, North Carolina, and embraced by the community where many of the soldiers Johnny once served alongside with now live. They're happy and they're excited, he says. Every morning, six o'clock in the morning, my daughters, they wake up and get ready. Just come into my room and wake us up. 
they say. Johnny served as a translator for Sergeant Mark, or rather Mike Verado, who lost his leg in Afghanistan uh, in 2010 and suffered a traumatic brain injury. Mike has undergone more than 100 surgeries at Walter Reed after serving with the 508th Infantry Regiment, an airborne infantry regiment of the United States Army, first formed in October of 1942 during the Second World War. Both Mike and Johnny each have three daughters. Now they're neighbors and their daughters are best friends. Their girls went trick-or-treating for the first time and now have play dates after school. Seeing our six girls play together, six little girls whose dads served together, shoulder to shoulder in Afghanistan has healed all our hearts a little bit more each day. Sarah uh, Verardo, Mike's wife and CEO of the Independence Fund and co-founder of Save Our Allies. These children are an example to all about what it means to love all people. End quote. And other developments, a Marine vet wounded by an IED on Thanksgiving Day devotes his holiday season to giving thanks to fellow troops. And the Taliban's new media guidelines ban TV dramas with female actors, and they're making women journalists wear hijabs. I was surprised that they allowed female journalists. That was more surprising to me than the hijabs. Dave Chappelle shut down a member of the woke mob calling him a bigot at an event. Trump's Thanksgiving message to supporters led to speculation of a Biden rematch. California Apple store uh, was hit in the latest smash and grab in broad daylight. An employee walkout at Boston Market left customers without pre-ordered Thanksgiving meals. That's just, that's cruel. <laughs> they couldn't get the meals they'd ordered and, of course, didn't buy the groceries to prepare for themselves. Drug makers are gearing up for price restrictions in the president's legislative agenda. And the EU plans to limit political ads um, and ban the use of certain personal information. South Korea plans to launch a task force on banning dog meat. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. If you haven't yet purchased your tickets for the Portland Singing Christmas Tree, well, they've added a fourth performance this weekend, 6 o'clock p.m. on Sunday evening. Check it out at the uh, website for the Portland Singing Christmas Tree. I think you're going to love it. It's a great way to kick off the Christmas season. Well, critics say the Wakesha parade horror was made possible by uh, district attorney's attempts at bail reform, attempts at criminal bail reform that put violent offenders like the suspect in that case out on the street at low or no cost is endangering communities around the country, according to experts on criminal justice and law enforcement. And other developments, the parade attack uh, victims, 11 made her, um, uh, uh, an 11-year-old among them made her family laugh despite her injuries. And the parade suspect is facing five counts of first-degree intentional homicide and is being held on $5 million bail. Wakesha locals are furious after learning the Christmas parade suspect was out on bail, $1,000, and he was back on the streets for a very serious crime committed against his girlfriend. In other developments, false media reporting that Rittenhouse transported a rifle across state lines leads the media corrections and mockery. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki refuses to retract the president's characterization of Rittenhouse as a white supremacist. And former President Trump slammed the Biden administration for inflation and price increases, calling it nonsense. The January 6th committee has subpoenaed the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. LeBron James and the NBA commented on the Rittenhouse trial, but felt... Uh, fell silent on the missing Chinese tennis star. 
Gabby Petito's family attorney hinted at charges against additional individuals. Some suggest maybe his family. Gabby Petito's family attorney floated the notion that additional individuals could face charges in connection with her strangling death in Wyoming more than two months ago. It came shortly after authorities revealed the cause of death of Brian Laundry, his former or rather her former fiance and the only person of interest in her slaying. He shot himself in the head in a swampy nature preserve near his parents' Florida home roughly two weeks after driving cross-country to get there in Petito's van. The Schmidt and Petito families uh, have been aware of the circumstances surrounding the suicide of the sole suspect in the uh, murder case. The attorney, Richard Safford, uh, said in a statement Tuesday referring to Petito's parents and step-parents. Gabby's family will not be making a statement at this time due to the request of the United States Attorney's Office and the Teton County Prosecutor's Office, end quote. Well, following a nationwide manhunt, authorities found Laundry's uh, remains near where his parents led investigators uh, in a um, environmental park in Northport. A month later, the results of a forensic anthropologist's autopsy found that Landry's, uh, Landry died rather of self-inflicted gunshot wound. Observers have long wondered whether federal or local authorities planned to bring charges against the parents after their son came home alone from the interstate road trip with Petito and the family made no public comment about her whereabouts. The family was asked to not comment and let the FBI continue their investigation and allow the United States Attorney's Office to make a determination on whether any additional individuals will be charged. In other developments in a Brian Laundry update, his family surrendered guns to law enforcement on the 17th of September, but there was one missing. Forensic anthropologists say the fugitive died of suicide. Self-inflicted wounds. A former St. Louis cop has been sentenced to a year and a day for the beating of an undercover colleague during a protest. Apparently he didn't get the memo. CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS and NBC all ignored the New York Times bombshell report on Hunter Biden's business deal with a Chinese company. And in the wake of a recent of recent lootings, the left is calling the word looting racist. Now, the crime itself is they're not too concerned about, but the word an actor confirmed his exit over a show's ma- vaccine mandate, saying it's about personal freedom. And Texas Governor Abbott took a big step toward his reelection. President Biden is expected to nominate Shalanda Young for budget director. The Department of Justice has asked the court to allow OSHA vaccine mandates. And the Biden energy secretary was stumped when asked about the U.S. daily oil consumption. Apparently didn't have any idea. Nordstrom is warning of supply shortages as the holiday season approaches. I was actually in a Nordstrom for the first time in years yesterday. Looked pretty well stocked from where I was standing. Anyway, an eight-year-old is uh, the latest victim in the Wisconsin parade attack. Six more children are still in critical condition. Earlier in the day, the killer was charged with five counts of intentional homicide. President Biden plans to tap the oil reserve. Oil prices are rising. The reserves are for an energy crisis, which the Biden administration is creating. Sean Spicer asks a question we all wonder. Why are we tapping the strategic petroleum reserve when we could just keep Keystone XL online and create U.S. jobs in the process? Common sense craziness, he suggests. From the Wall Street Journal editorial board, the Democrats' multi-trillion dollar spending bill is chock full of fees that would make U.S. producers less globally competitive. Meantime, the administration last week asked the Fifth Circuit's Court of Appeals to reverse a lower judge's injunction on its ban on oil and gas leases on federal land. All of these policies discourage investment in future production, which means supply shortages and high gas prices may not be as temporary as the administration claims. 
The Daily Caller reports, as usual, the president ignored a question from the press after his remarks on the abysmal economy. And the reserve was expected to primarily go to China and India, by the way. President Biden uh, plans to require truck drivers crossing into the U.S. to be vaccinated. And D.C. sees the 200th homicide of the year, the first time since 2003. The story notes homicides rose in 29 major U.S. cities through September, compared with the same period last year, according to the Council on Criminal Justice, a Washington-based institute. A year ago, June, the D.C. lawmakers, Democrats, voted to cut $15 million from the police department budget there. Nearly 60% of Americans find talking politics with those they disagree with stressful and frustrating. It's above 50% for all age groups and particularly higher, the more educated and harder to justify your nonsense. Media experts tell police not to call looters looters. The argument fell apart when a University of New Haven professor explained the problem this way. Looting is a term that they typically use when people of color or urban dwellers are doing something. We tend not to use the term for other people when they do the exact same thing. The negative reaction was swift and rather entertaining. The Women's March apologized for uttering the number 1492. From their tweet, We apologize deeply for the email that was sent today. $14.92 was our average donation amount this week. It was an oversight on our part to not make the connection to a year of colonization, conquest, and genocide for indigenous people, especially before Thanksgiving. So people making a gift of $14.92 were supposed anyway. Lauren Chen says, if you can't see the amount of $14.92 without being triggered, seek help. Sister Tolja says, uh, though the statues of Christopher Columbus are being ripped down in cities in certain parts of the country, and with Columbus Day also being renamed in those uh, same cities to Indigenous Peoples Day, conservatives can at least take heart in knowing that on this day, November 23rd, 2021, was the day the Women's March gang posted a legendary 1492 tweet that will live on in infamy and can't be canceled, torn down, or vandalized out of existence. Because, as they say, the Internet is forever. Now, you can't make this nonsense up. Well, 600 Google employees signed a letter opposing the vaccine mandate there. The company is now asking all of its workers, including those working from home, to upload their vaccination status to the company website by the third of this month, or excuse me, next month, due to the federal contractor vaccine requirement. The authors of the letter, reported on by CNBC, argued that the mandate is too intrusive and imposes unfair burdens on those who have not taken the vaccine. Joe Biden, who should be looking in the mirror, lashed out at oil and gas companies over high prices. And in a backfire, oil prices soared as the market rejected the strategic reserve ploy. A federal jury is holding pharmacies responsible in a landmark opioid lawsuit. And the Biden administration plans to take the Colombian rebel organization FARC off of the terrorist list. A Milwaukee Black Lives Matter militant says Wakesha Christmas parade attack may be the start of a revolution. Let's hope he's not right in terms of that kind of action taking place elsewhere in the country. Documents reveal a Fort Worth school district has key tenants of CRT after denying teaching it. And Fairfax County schools are set to return sexually explicit books to high school libraries. J.K. Rowling says transgender activists are doxing her. And Samsung is planning to build a $17 billion chip factory in Texas. 
A Marxist Seattle councilwoman is facing recall after leading protesters to the mayor's home and misusing city funds. And what could possibly go wrong? New York City may soon let nearly one million non-U.S. citizens vote. A jury has found that Unite the Right rally organizers must pay $25 million in damages. And German parties reached a deal for government to end the Angela Merkel era. A liquor company is asking consumers not to buy its Rittenhouse rye. It's a brand to celebrate the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict because everyone is going to make that connection when buying liquor. California's Santa Cruz County has mandated masks in private homes. In private homes. Um, The president panicked over the Omicron variant and does what uh, led him to portray Trump as racist from February of 2020. This is what he said. Trump further diminishes the U.S. in the eyes of the world by expanding his travel ban. The new African ban is designed to make it harder for black and brown people to immigrate to the United States. It's a disgrace and we cannot let him succeed. Well, now Biden has issued the same ban. Turns out it may not be as bad as Delta, that new variant. From South African doctor who discovered Omicron, the chair of the South African Medical Association, uh, looking at the mildness of the symptoms we are seeing, currently there is no reason for panicking as we don't see severely ill patients. The hype that's been created currently out there in the media and worldwide doesn't correlate with the clinical picture. On a South African news program, she spoke more about the cases, again, describing them as mild. Others are panicking to the detriment of their constituents. New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed an executive order halting non-urgent elective surgeries in the state. Well, Fauci to his critics, I represent science. Instead of answering the challenges to his many controversial decisions and statements, he offered this while on Face the Nation. Anybody who's looking at this carefully realizes that there's a distinct anti-science flavor to this. So if they get up and criticize science, nobody's going to know what they're talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people can recognize that there's a person there. So it's really easy to criticize. But they're really criticizing science. Science because I represent science. So apparently he is infallible in reflecting what science says, despite the fact that we know he has retracted several things that he uh, said dis- decisively um, for reasons that were not scientific. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We've got uh, news and traffic coming up at the top of the hour, and we'll be back. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. Is aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Welcome back. You're listening to the second hour of the Georgine Rice Show. Coming up this hour, we'll talk with Noel Mary, author of Awake, Not Woke, a Christian response to the cult of progressive ideology. And we'll take a look at the question, are we losing confidence in the pillars of our civilization and what might that mean moving forward? All that's coming up. Also want to remind you that the Singing Christmas Tree's final weekend is coming up this weekend with two performances on Saturday and now two performances on Sunday. They've added a six o'clock p.m. show. Uh, So if you uh, wanted to go to the Singing Christmas Tree, found that the uh, tickets were sold out, as has thankfully been the case, check out the um, evening performance that's just been added coming this Sunday, 6 o'clock 
at Sunset Presbyterian Church. Check it out online. All the ticket information is there. 77% of Americans say inflation is impacting their lives and most blame the president for that. He is at least partially to blame. Democrats on New York City Council uh, plan to allow uh, those who are in the country illegally to vote. A veto-proof majority of the council, backed by incoming Mayor Eric Adams, plans to allow over 800,000 green card holders and non-citizen residents with work permits to vote in municipal Elections. This is not a small number of additional voters. No candidate for mayor in New York um, has received 800,000 votes since Rudy Giuliani in 1993. The immediate objection to the plan, which prom- uh, prompted even Bill de Blasio to veto it previously, is that it violates the state constitution, which provides that every citizen shall be entitled to vote at every election for all officers elected by the people, provided that such citizen is 18 years of age or over and shall have been a resident of this state and of the country, city, or village for 30 days next preceding an election, and that laws shall be made in, a, in um, ascertaining by proper proof the citizens who shall be entitled to the right of suffrage hereby established. It further requires that secret ballot for elections by citizens, not uh, state permits non-citizens to vote. Well, Democrat group attacked the America on Thanksgiving. The college Democrats described in a story as the official student arm of the Democratic Party tweeted, Today we reflect on our country's colonial history and the racial genocide of millions of Native people and the ongoing assaults on Native livelihoods, cultures, and religions. And they weren't the only uh, ones attacking the country on Thanksgiving. That is certainly a part of history, but it doesn't negate the occasion that Thanksgiving focuses on. The Interior uh, Department recommended Biden raise royalty rates for oil and gas drilling, claiming it's for the benefit of the climate. So why stop there, one might ask? Well, blue states have the highest increase in the percentage of workers quitting in 2021, including all of the top 10 states. Many of those quitting are teachers. A study finds marijuana harms babies during pregnancy. Material cannabis use in associ- uh, is associated with increased uh, cortisol, anxiety, aggression, and hyperactivity in young children. This corresponded with widespread reductions in immune-related gene expression in the placenta, which correlated with anxiety and hyperactivity. Something to think about. Canada fired its indigenous health expert after ancestry lies are exposed. But you can say you are a woman when DNA proves that you are a man and the media will call you brave. It's a confusing age. All three defendants were found guilty of murder in the Ahmad Arbery trial. Saying our justice system is doing its job, Biden strikes far different tone after the Arbery verdict than Kyle Rittenhouse. Arbery's father says all lives matter, not just black children. Apparently no one told him that's no longer acceptable to say out loud. What happened on January 6th, Senator? Anthony Fauci snaps at Ted Cruz's suggestion that he should be prosecuted. Rand Paul blasted the swamp doctor, as he referred to him, saying it is astounding and alarming to declare I represent science. Saying this about American energy independence, Joe Manchin rightly urges the president to restore the Keystone XL pipeline. The Washington Post and CNN were roasted after tweeting the Wakesha tragedy was caused by an SUV. The left media called the fatal car ramming a crash. They called the 2017 Charlottesville car ramming an attack. The majority of voters blame Joe Biden for surging inflation and a Chinese titan lavished Hunter Biden with a three carat gem and an offer of 30 million dollars. Well, Christian groups are furious at Anthony Blinken for removing Nigeria from their religious violence list. Meanwhile, Muslim militants murdered 10 Christians and burned 100 homes in Nigeria. 
A knife-wielding Afghan refugee charged, uh, charges San Francisco police and is shot dead in the process. In a classic case of what could possibly go wrong, China took possession of Uganda's only major airport after the country failed to pay its debts on time. U.S. lawmakers defy China by meeting with officials in Taiwan. Well, Black Friday shopping or Friday of color, depending on your views, is uh, in stores dropped 28 percent from pre-pandemic levels. A key inflation figure for the Fed is up 4.1 percent over year, year over year, the highest since January of 91. And Dollar Tree will raise prices to a dollar twenty five tree. The world uh, is racing to contain the new covid um, Omicron variant. New York prematurely declares a state of emergency. The U.S. joined the EU in restricting flights from southern Africa over the new variant. Birds of a feather flock together. World Health Organization skipped over naming the new uh, variant XI um, to avoid well, causing offense. The South African doctor who raised the alarm about the Omicron variant says the symptoms were very different and very mild. Uh, Merck says its antiviral pill is less effective than initially reported. Sadly, Philadelphia is experiencing its deadliest year over the over uh, ever rather with 500 homicides so far. Washington, D.C. records its 200th homicide of the year, a mark not seen since 2003. And a California Apple store was hit in the latest smash and grab in broad daylight. The Salvation Army wants uh, white donors to offer their sincere apologies for their racism. Donors withdrew um, support in response, according to Newsweek magazine. New Jersey's Woodrow Wilson High School is changing its name over its racist namesake. Five Democrat senators rejected Biden's uh, communist pick for top bank uh, watchdog. And nine of the 10 most popular governors are Republicans. President Biden is less popular than the least popular governor. Jesse Smollett went on trial today, or at least the jury selection began in his alleged case, uh, race hoax case. Jeffrey Epstein's uh, co-conspirator Giselaine Maxwell's trial also began today. Well, today's recipient of the non-copus mentis award in Germany, you must be fully vaxxed before your death by assisted suicide. This day in history, 1890, the first Army-Navy football game is played at West Point, New York. Navy defeats Army 24-0. to 1961, Enos the Chimp is launched from Cape Canaveral aboard the Mercy Atlas V spacecraft, which would orbit Earth twice before returning. 1963, President Johnson names a commission headed by Earl Warren to investigate the assassination of President Kennedy. 2017, Today's show host Matt Lauer is fired for inappropriate sexual behavior during the 2014 Sochi Olympics after an accuser comes forward in a secret meeting with NBC executives. Also in 2017, North Korea says it has launched a new type of intercontinental ballistic missile that some observers believe could put the entire U.S. East Coast within range. Also in 2017... Garrison Keeler, who'd entertained public radio listeners for 40 years on a Prairie Home Companion, is fired by Minnesota Public Radio following allegations of inappropriate workplace behavior. <coughs> Finally, on this day in history, 2017, the House approves a measure requiring annual anti-harassment training for lawmakers and their aides. Well, coming up in the next couple of segments, we're going to hear from Noel Maring, author of Awake, Not Woke, a Christian response to the cult of progressive ideology. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. 
You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the final segment of the Georgine Rice Show. Well, Victor Davis Hansen asked the question whether or not we are losing confidence in the pillars of our civilization. Now, you might wonder what are those pillars? Well, this is what he suggests. Millions of citizens long ago concluded that professional sports, academia, and entertainment were no longer disinterested institutions, but far left and deliberately hostile to middle America. No news there. But he goes on, yet American conservatives still adamantly supported the nation's traditional investigatory intelligence and military agencies, especially when they came under the budgetary or cultural attacks. But not so much anymore. For the first time in memory, conservatives now connect the FBI hierarchy with bureaucratic bloat, political bias, and even illegality. Well, in the last five years, the FBI was mostly in the news for the checkered careers of James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Robert Mueller, Lisa Page, and Peter Stroke. But um, add in that criminality of uh, convicted FBI lawyer Kevin Kleinsmith. The colossal FBI-driven Russian collusion hoax was marked by the leaking of confidential FBI memos, forged documents, improper surveillance, and serial disinformation. Prior heads of the CIA and FBI, as well as the director of the National Intelligence, have at times either not told the truth under oath or claimed amnesia without legal repercussions. Mention the military to conservatives, Americans these days, and they unfortunately associate its leadership with the disastrous flight from Afghanistan. Few, if any, high-ranking officers have yet taken responsibility, much less resigned, for the worst military fiasco in U.S. history in the last century. Instead, President Biden and the top generals traded charges that the other was responsible for the calamity, or both insisted the uh, abject flight was um, a logistical masterpiece. Never in U.S. history have so many retired four-star generals and admirals disparaged their president with charges of being either a traitor, a liar, or a fascist, and a virtual Nazi as occurred during the last administration. Never has the proper advisory role of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff been so brazenly usurped and contorted. Never has the Secretary of Defense promised that he would ferret out alleged white supremacists without providing any evidence whatsoever of their supposedly ubiquitous presence and dangerous conspiracies within the military. Conservatives have always been amused by the liberal biases of the old network news and big city print media, but they grudgingly admitted that many liberal journalists of the last century were mostly professionals. News divisions mostly reported the news rather than simply made it up. Not so now with big tech and 21st century woke journalism. Few reporters have yet offered apologies for helping hatch and spread the Russian collusion hoax that paralyzed the country for three years. Few have admitted culpability for reporting as fact the various fantasies surrounding the Duke lacrosse team's prosecution or the Covington Catholic kids deception. Many of the media ran uncritically with the Jesse Smollett concoction and the hands up don't shoot Ferguson distortion. Journalists promulgated misinformation about the white Hispanic George Zimmerman, Trayvon Martin encounter, and doctored photos and edited tapes. They invented the myth of the supposedly brilliant but now utterly disgraced former governor Andrew Cuomo, as well as the Russian disinformation yarn that allegedly accounted for the missing Hunter Biden laptop. Most recently, reporters spread serial untruths about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. For much of 2020, to even suggest that the Wuhan Institute of Virology may have played a role in the birth and spread of COVID-19 earned media derision. 
few reporters suggested that federal health agencies such as the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, the National Institutes of Health and the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases might be disseminating contradictory or even inaccurate information about the pandemic. To believe this was happening instead earned condemnation in the media as if one were some conspiracy theorist theorist or nut. Rarely have communication industries, veritable utilities in the public domain, so asymmetrically censored speech and applied such one-sided standards of suppressing free expression. Conservatives used to oppose regulating larger corporations. Now, ironically, most are calling for regulating and breaking up multi-billion dollar social media monopolies and conglomerates that suppress as much as transmit private communications. The American criminal justice system also used to earn the respect of conservatives. Prosecuting attorneys, police chiefs and big city mayors were seen as custodians of the public order. They were entrusted to keep the peace, to prevent and investigate crime and to arrest and prosecute criminals. Again, not so much now. After 120 days of mostly unchecked riot, arson, looting and violent protests during the summer of 2020, the public lost confidence in their public safety agencies. District attorneys in several major cities, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco and St. Louis, have often predicted prosecuting crime on the basis of a rather predicated prosecuting crime on the basis of ideology, race and careerism. Victims of little consequence. In the current crime wave, brazen lawbreakers enjoy de facto immunity. Mass looting goes unpunished. Unpunished, rather. Indictments are often aimed at as much against those who defend themselves as against criminals who attack the innocent. Conservatives now have lost their former traditional confidence in the administration of justice, in the intelligence and investigatory agencies, in the nation's military leadership, in the media, and the criminal justice system. No one yet knows what the effect will be of half the country losing faith in the very pillars of American civilization. These are very sobering thoughts when you consider the pillars upon which the republic stands. If they crumble, if they are not upheld, if the rule of law no longer holds sway, on what uh, will we stand? What will hold up the republic and the principles upon which it has not only been founded but stood for generations? It is sobering to consider that these indictments do, in fact, have a reason behind them uh, that has undermined the confidence that was once in place for conservatives who upheld these institutions and those who held positions within them. Again, very sobering, and it's an ongoing story. We'll continue to follow it here on The Georgine Rice Show. I want to give you a glimpse of what's coming up uh, for the remainder of this week. Tomorrow, I'm looking forward to a conversation with Peter Wood. He's the president of the National Association of Scholars and the author of Wrath, America Enraged. The book is published by Encounter. He'll be my guest uh, tomorrow uh, in the first hour of the program. On Wednesday, we'll talk with Kevin Hassett. He's author of The Drift, Stopping America's Slide to Socialism. That book is published by Regnery. He'll join me in the second hour of the Georgine Rice Show, the five o'clock hour. And then on Thursday, an interview uh, we've been talking about and working toward for literally months, local author Gilbert Gleason. His book is titled Love So Amazing, The Missionary Biography of Bert and Colleen Elliott. Looking forward to talking with him about that. That'll be on Thursday in the first hour, I believe, the first hour of the program on uh, on Thursday. And then on Friday, we'll take a look, as we typically do, at the lighter side of the news, as well as uh, the day's headlines. And we'll share this week's Christian Outlook. 
So that's coming up for the remainder of this week. I want to thank James Blend for producing, Chris Williams for engineering, and thank you for making the Georgine Rice Show part of your day. And remember, the Portland Singing Christmas Tree has added another performance Sunday evening, 6 o'clock p.m. Check it out. Tickets are available. Most of the other performances are essentially sold out. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.